Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This recording may contain content unsuitable for children. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from succulent slimes to seductive succubi. And today, it's halfling time. Prepare yourselves. I cast Fireball. Dungeon cast. Today we're talking about halflings. <laughs> yeah, today we're talking about halflings, or as a lot of people will probably recognize them from uh, pop culture, hobbits. Hobbits yeah. are probably the original halflings out there. Although I've seen more variations on uh, the the halfling race in fantasy literature and pop culture and D and D settings than I have pretty much any other race. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, how many uh, versions of the halfling there are out there. So are they more, um, the other versions of the halfling you're talking about, are they kind of still like hobbits, or are, are um, there different characteristics that define them? Okay, so with hobbits, hobbits are interesting because halflings in D&D are more like the hobbits that Lord of the Rings, um, and I, by extension, the hobbit are about, versus, like, I, I'm, when I say that, I mean the main characters. I mean, the halflings in D&D reflect... Frodo and Pippin and Merry and uh, I guess a little bit of Samwise and Bilbo uh, as individuals, but right. within their own mythos, uh, those those hobbits are very different from the rest of their own culture. Yeah, they stick out like sore thumbs, yes, especially Bilbo. They, they don't they, like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Bilbo's an adventurer, which is so unhobbit like to them. Yeah, they like their cozy, um, warm hobbit holes. Exactly. And and at Hot the tea. and at the beginning of the book of the Hobbit, that's exactly how Bilbo is. Yeah. Um. Although Gandalf sees that there's a little <laughs> bit something different about Bilbo, but that's because Gandalf has history with Bilbo's family, or at least right, his extended the Tooks, family, right? the Tooks. Yes. Um, they, but, uh, they uh, he really grabs hold of whatever he sees in Bilbo and yeah, tweaks it to like, make you're him a go. Took, damn it! <laughs> Get a hold of yourself, please. Somebody um, else watch these dwarves. I can't. I can't anymore. Please, just yeah, go. Exactly. Um, so, um, it, funnily enough, D and D is based off these five hobbits that are actually very unlike their cultural counterparts within their own mythos. 
but there it gets is, them up off the couch to go adventuring. Yeah, but there is a sub race of halflings within D anD D that kind of fit more with that first type, the kind that are a little bit maybe a little grouchy, and maybe they don't like to leave, and maybe they Home just bodies. like to be comfortable and get fat and old and die. Introverts. Yes. I've seen a lot of like variations on this one race, and I think I think it kind of speaks to us as, as as a people that we have this strange affinity for halflings. I don't know if it's because they're so small and we just can't help but root for an underdog. Right, that's um, what I was going to say, is like because of their size, they're automatically uh, daunted by everything. Yeah, and also I think because of their size, we liken them to children. And I, I don't know about you, but like it, when, whenever there's a movie, um, you really want the kid to succeed. You know, you don't want to see the poor kid, you know, trodden upon. Yeah, you're right. It's, it is. Uh, maybe it speaks to like the size. Like people see small people as some as people who struggle, but that's not the case ever. Right. There's and, always a way. And then also, um, being a kid, when I was exposed to a lot of this type of stuff, I feel like uh, in a lot of ways I likened myself to the halfling type characters um, in their curiosity and in their different fears and their different struggles. And I feel like that association there just kind of made a soft spot yeah the name halfling kind of implies um a handicap a little bit to me yeah although although i would say mechanically speaking uh no no halflings are actually pretty pretty badass they're pretty cool uh and before we get into the mechanics uh, i'll just talk about a couple of the variations of halflings i've seen in my time of reading i know uh dennis l mccarran um he he writes the mythgar series uh um, and in his books, he has a variation on hobbits that are more like, um, well, while a halfling might be considered like a half-sized man, his waros were almost like half-sized elves. And, um, I mean, they had the pointed ears, they were incredibly stealthy, they were incredibly quiet, they were really attuned to archery and ranged weapons, um, they, um, they were really good at hunting, um, and, uh, one of their, one of their key characteristics is that they have, uh, eyes, uh, that are the color of bright gemstones. Oh, cool. And, uh, I always really like the Waros. It's probably my favorite, um, version of Halflings out there. Unfortunately, Dennis L. McCarran just, his books, though successful, were never really too popular. So most people aren't too familiar with his work. And, uh, he okay. actually modeled a lot of his stuff after Tolkien and he came, I think McCarran started coming out with his stuff in like the sixties or seventies. Well, Tolkien came out before that. Yeah. Um, but I've seen all kinds of different variations. I know in Dragonlance, they got a variation of halflings called the Kender, which, uh, in, in D and D playing a Kender is highly frowned upon because Kenders are kleptomaniacs. Oh, what? Um, yeah. Yeah. They steal, mindlessly they can't help themselves like, what are they they look they, they look different or they what? look like halflings i think they might have slightly pointed ears but other than that like they look like halflings and they act like children and okay um, they're, they're, they steal the shit out of everything loose they have a few like key characteristics that like make them different from halflings all kender are stricken upon a certain age with uh not a not an uh, an affliction or a disease, but it's like a mental state that just happens to them when they come of age called wanderlust, in which they just wander and they just go 
Well, that's and cool you for usually never see him again. <laughs> oh man! Um, and then they just wander and off. And one and of the reasons it's you know, kind of weird how they don't how they keep on breeding and like have a town. Yeah, you know, it kind of starts to fall apart because <laughs> they do have a town. It's called Kendermore, and it's it's chaos. But <laughs> Kendermore, where if you um, need more Kenders, you know where to go. Exactly. Um, another characteristic of Kenders is they are incapable of feeling the feeling of fear. Okay, um, and that's something that a halfling gets mechanically right. Like. Kind of, yeah. And that kind of goes back to the fact of the matter is that uh, halflings are very brave. And they have to be. Uh, if they're adventurers, they they may feel the fear, but they're able to work through it. Okay, I was going to say, like, does the absence of fear imply bravery? But no, you, you got it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and that's the thing. In D&D, it's like that. It's like they, they have the brave feature, meaning they have advantage on saving throws against being frightened. Excellent. They're not immune to it. Kender literally cannot feel this emotion. Frightening and, people is really good too, so that's that's oh, a great yeah. thing to be immune to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kender are incapable of fe- feeling fear, and it gets a lot of them killed because uh, on top of their fear, they are constantly curious about everything. They can't keep their hands off of anything, and they have a really bad knack for being uh, thieves. Um, and that can get you killed. And when it comes to role playing someone who is a kleptomaniac, when it comes to rolling a, a Kender, and the reason it's so frowned upon is. Because Kendra's going to be stealing from his party mates constantly. Oh man! And it goes just saying, like, just "Sorry, guys, it's in character." And like, <laughs> yeah, this I, is mine though. <laughs> yeah, and I get it. And like, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want that person in my party, and I wouldn't want someone to roll a Kendra that way in my party. One of the things that I noted uh, when when I was reading these books, um, Dragonlance, Kenders do steal constantly, but they do it mindlessly. There is. A plethora of times where Tazelhoff, the the main kinder I read about, would be caught with an item in his pouch that he stole. He has no idea how I got there. He'd be like, oh, I must have been holding that for you. He would instantly justify it to himself because he doesn't remember stealing it. Are you serious? Yeah, I must have been like protecting it. Good thing I had that for you, huh? I would would kick that guy's ass. But he did it in earnestly, (laughs) like positively. Like he's being honest. Oh, man. He doesn't remember taking it. I feel like almost, uh, I feel like the character I roll now would definitely kick that guy's yeah, ass. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people feel like when, that's why I, I, a lot of tables kinders aren't allowed. Although yeah, I think that they're makes sense. Yes. Um, I've, uh, I've heard a couple stories about people in the party just causing problems, um, picking a character and rolling it so in such a way where it's going to cause issues. And I've heard of that, um, the party turning on that character and killing them, and then that person's got to re-roll, and then they re-roll another character that's going to eventually do the same kind of shit where the yeah. party's just not going to put up with it. You got a, a deeper problem at that point when people <laughs> yeah. are killing each other, and <laughs> yeah, like that needs to be settled out of character. People need to figure out like their table dynamics at that point. Right. There's no problem at the table that you can't talk through, folks. Like, you know, if someone's being a jerk, just... Talk to him about it. Well, I think the case in this scenario is more that they like the drama of having inner party um, issues. And, right. And like that. They want that dynamic, which kind of is like, that's not the idea of D&D I had. No, but it's definitely it not okay like how they, I like they're into play. it. It's like yeah. a soap opera, except yes. people die. And again, that just, you know, everyone needs to take a step back and be like, let's address this because this isn't how we want to play our game. Well, or maybe it is. Maybe that's maybe the table is, you're trying yeah. to run, but maybe you know, it is, yeah. it's not the table that I'm accustomed to or that, no. or that you try to run. So no, it's a little foreign to me, but yeah. I'm, I'm into it if that's what you want. Yeah. Through that. Everyone's um, a Kender and they just steal from each other and everything is everyone's. Yeah. Kenders are little shits, but I, I like Kenders. Um, not that I would want one involved in my D and D game. Um, and there's all kinds of other variations of, of halflings. I mean, even outside of, Anything related to D&D, uh, I think George Lucas made a movie called Willow, 
which again was basically the stout half the stout halfling folk um going forth. Did you ever see that movie? It's a good movie. Nope. It's a really good movie. You should check it out. By George Lucas. Uh, I think Lucas if Lucas didn't do it himself, I thought Lucas Films was somehow indirectly or directly He's involved. Got his hands on it. Um good well, movie. When did that come out? Uh late eighties, early nineties. Okay. Um, yeah. It it's a really cool cheesy, campy classic fantasy story. In which there is a, a halfling. He's basically the chosen one and blah, 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 blah. But it's Sick. your basic hero's journey. And okay. um, and yeah, and yet again, we see a halfling who has no business in any of this big world business making big Quote, changes. Unquote, no yeah. business. It's basically Lucas's Lord of the Rings, if you will, or The Hobbit. Um, but yeah, let's get into the mechanics of it. So halflings are short. And they're, I think, the first race that we're covering that actually constitute themselves as the size small. Dwarves are okay. short, but they're still medium-sized. Okay. That's um, important. Yeah, so... That's important for movement speed, right? It's important. No, not not for movement speed. That's a different mechanic, you, okay. although their speed is uh, slower than other races because of their like size. 20, is it like 25? Uh, yeah, it's 25. Okay. Um, But the size is going to affect different mechanics of the game. So, like, there are feats that have to do with sizes that you can take. There are, oh, okay, yeah. There are certain things, like pushing and pulling. I don't think you could push or pull anything larger than uh, two sizes above your size category. Right. I think the Goliath gets something that actually um, lets him lift something heavier. Do I have that right? Like, yeah, I he gets he... to lift or push up to a size above him? Yeah, basically. he, Although he is medium for most things, in certain cases he counts as large. That's pretty um, cool. Other so yeah, yeah, your size, your size affects different mechanics. Um, and this is the first small one that we're covering. Um, as you said before, their speed is a little bit uh, short, uh, slower because their legs are a little bit shorter. And rather than 30 feet, they can move 25 feet and around. Um, all halflings get the ability or the feature lucky. And this one's a really cool one. It's, it's a really cool feature. When you roll a one on an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can re-roll the die and must use the new roll. So uh, you're probably not going to crit miss. You're pretty much never going to crit miss ever. <laughs> that would suck to double up on crit miss. And that, would, that would. That would be a flub. That would be something bad would happen. In my game, if you crit miss twice, like, yeah. Even with the mechanic, you would be like, nope, that was two ones in a row. Yeah, because, like, how often is that going to come up? Like, I know. Like, I don't know what the the probability of it is, but I know it's really low. Oh, man, somebody hit me with, like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, crit I critted Nat 20 three times in a row, and I looked at the odds, and it was, like, point zero one two five or something like yeah. that. I was like, oh, shit. And I think in our last game, was it our last game or the game before, the... One of the one of our last two games, Thanic shot off a spell and crit missed twice, and so I. Oh yeah, it. and he had yeah. to, um, his spell. It was a happy accident though, because one of his fireballs went wayward and hit another enemy. A different enemy, yeah, <laughs> an enemy he hadn't planned on hitting, yeah. Um, so next, out, up, that guy died. Yes, he did. You guys, <laughs> you guys tore through those orcs like nobody's fucking business. So I, good. I, I came to some realizations last uh, session, and I'm gonna have to up my game. That was all our anger for the yeah. orcs, our bloodthirstiness, like, guys. Um, so next up, uh, halflings get a feature called brave, which we kind of talked about, where they have advantage on saving throws. It's just because they're naturally brave folk, because they kind of have to be advantage on all their saving throws on uh, against being frightened. I'm sorry, oh, against yeah, being frightened. advantage on saving throws against being frightened, which yes. is good. Lots of stuff is going to try to scare you. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, again, the first thing that comes to my head when I think of the frightened uh, condition is dragons, because dragons yeah. usually exude some sort of dragon fear 
in like an aura around them. Um, and then the last two things that all halflings get, despite their sub races, are halfling nimbleness, which basically says that you can move through space a space of any creature that is of a size larger than yours, which is pretty much fucking everything because you're a halfling. <laughs> uh, and like, I'm pretty sure the mechanics uh, outside of rules work the same in the other direction where if something is a size category smaller than you, you can also move through it. Okay. So or it can move through you. That might be wrong, but I think, I would think that's right. Like the, I think in, something, the inverse should be true. Yeah. I think uh, like tiny things like fairies, you can move through their spaces and they can move through yours. Oh, like that. Um, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I think, I think it works like that, but either way you're a halfling, you're going to be able to move through most things spaces cause you're just so small. Cool. So um, with that, and you mean it, that won't provoke opportunity attacks, right? Um, no, it still will. Okay. But like normally you just can't do it. Oh, like you cannot move through that tile. Yeah. So let's like I let's picture here like you got two orcs guarding a hallway and there's no way through them. If you're not a halfling, shoulder shoulder you're going to have to take them down. Yeah, shoulder to shoulder. Um but if you're a halfling, you'll take some opportunity attacks but you'll be able to tumble right through their legs. Would you would it be possible if you're not uh in combat, like if you haven't rolled for initiative or anything to to try and stealth by them? Uh, I mean, I would allow if if it seemed feasible, if like you were coming from around the corner and you were doing it really quick, um, a stealth and then maybe acrobatics check. And, like, like throw a rock at, down the other side of the hallway and oh, yeah, like, slip there by Yeah, there we go. And That's you, being creative. There now, we go. Now you have, uh, now you can, uh, what is it? When They're not looking. You could stealth through their legs, maybe. I mean, it's going to be an insane roll, but maybe you'll get it. And if know. you have combat going on after that, then you've, you're now effectively behind a guy, and hopefully the rest of your party's in front of him, and that gives you advantage, right, on attack rolls? Uh, yeah, I play with the house roll where flanking gives advantage, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that, I'm used to that. That's, that's, from, my, that's <laughs> from my old school uh, for the decision days where flanking combat advantage was a thing. I mean, it makes sense to me yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the rules are actually in there for the in the Dungeon Master's Guide. If you want to incorporate flanking into your game, like it literally tells you how. That's pretty yeah, cool. So, I like that mechanic because uh, make uh, placement on the battlefield is important, and I I feel like that adds flavor to it, like real life flavor. If you're attacking somebody from behind while they're distracted with somebody in front of them, you you should have advantage on uh, those kind of attacks. How are they going to dodge you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. 
shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening and watching. We really appreciate your support. Um, if you really want to help us out, though, we could definitely use some comments on our iTunes, some likes and subscribes on our YouTube page. That's what's really going to get us some traction. And if you want to help us out, uh, we would really appreciate it if you guys did that. Yeah, you know, we're not doing any kind of uh, advertising for the Dungeon Cast, really. And, like, the best way for the word to get out is by word of mouth. So the more you guys share um, and maybe tweet out about our podcast um, and let your friends know, like, the more traction that we can get and the more um, the more the larger our audience gets, the more we'll be capable of bringing, like, our future projects to you guys. Yeah, we're really trying to get the live game going, um, but we definitely, um, we love doing this show. We're going to keep making it, you know, regardless. Um, oh, yeah. But we love to hear feedback, and um, we do want to be a part of the community and really reach out and do stuff that you guys want to hear, too. So go ahead and hit us up at the Dungeon Cast at Twitter, uh, the Dungeon Cast at gmail.com. You can send us a, an email, give us some feedback, or, yeah. you know, just say hi if you want to. We'll, yeah. we'll be around. We like to talk to you guys. Yeah, feel free to ask us questions. Uh, you know, we, I, we could do a segment maybe where we answer questions um, that were asked that week. Um, I have no problem doing that. Actually, I'd be excited to do that. By yeah, um, Will, Will is really versed in the mechanics. So if you guys do have any mechanical questions about things, we'll work it out. We'll put it in the show and uh, we'll we'll shout you out. We'll get your Twitter <clears throat> name on the show and uh, hopefully get you some traction too in return. Yeah. And again, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Sam, uh, whose mother told me he is excited for every episode that comes out, and he makes sure to listen to every episode. So thanks for listening, Sam. Yeah, we appreciate you guys a lot. Um, and thanks uh, thanks a lot to the Reddit communities and some of the forums that we've been uh, asking for feedback in. You guys have been really helpful in letting us know what, what what's going on, so we appreciate you guys. Yes. Thanks again. Enjoy the rest of the show. Enjoy it. Okay, so, oh, and the last thing that halflings get, and this is every race gets this, they get to speak common and their native language. So halflings can speak common and halfling. Okay, so halfling is the language. Yes. Cool. So, so we'll they can take that anywhere. Yeah. Um, after that, there's two sub-races of halflings. There are the light foot, uh, excuse me, the light foot clan and the stout clan. And the light foot clan are the nimble... Dexterous, as the name implies. Uh, yeah, as the name implies, they they're light on their feet. They're light of foot and um, probably quiet. Yes, and probably very quiet. So, what do you get? Um, is there some kind of stat boost from that? Um, yes, there is. And actually, I forgot about the initial stat boost that all happens get, and that's the plus two to dexterity. Nice. Regardless of clan, you're getting that plus two to dex, which is really, really handy. I love dex. Dex is such a handy ability score to have bonuses in. Um, but the light foot clan um, also gets a plus one to their charisma score. Uh, and they get naturally stealthy as a feature, which means that they can attempt to hide even when they are obscured only by a creature that is at least a size larger than them. So they can literally obscure themselves behind their allies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so what, how would that help them? Like they couldn't be targeted by a range attack or something like that? Um, yeah, actually, that's that's one good way. Also, um, maybe the halfling wants to stay hidden behind his allies 
so that the enemy doesn't know that they have one extra person. Uh, in surprise the group. attack. Who, who, who's to say? I'm sure that feature is going to be able to be used creatively. <laughs> have, has anyone in, in any of the games you played tried to throw a halfling like maybe nope. to get like some kind of advantage or like throw him <laughs> up a wall? I've heard I've heard of of that happening. Um, I've never actually ran a game or played in a game where someone actually played a halfling. It's oh, funny. Man, it sounds like so much fun. Yeah, though. halflings are fun. I've played a halfling. Okay, <laughs> I, and it was a lot of fun. I played a, a hexblade halfling in fourth edition, and it was hexblade a load of fun. Halfling. Did he have? A, um, did you have a weapon on you? Yes, he uh, could summon a uh, saber made of ice. Oh shit! Uh, hexblades are dope as fuck. Let me freeze and your I living really, real quick. <laughs> really, really wish there was a version of hexblades in fifth edition because it's it's one of my favorite classes from fourth. I better get on that homebrew. Um, you can you can get some <laughs> some stuff gets pretty close, but uh, but not quite there. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny how uh, halflings are popular in pop culture. We like to watch them. We like to watch halflings succeed. Whenever there's a halfling NPC in my games, usually my players really warm up to the halfling character. But no one ever wants to be the small guy if they can help it. Apparently, so uh, I don't know why. No, there's a lot of advantages to to being small. Yeah. Um, being big is great, and but it makes you it makes you noticeable. Like all the things that the halfling does, I mean, it just screams rogue to me. You know? Yes, yes, halflings like make great rogues. Compliment all um, the st- all the bonuses you're going to get. It's a pretty big cliche, the halfling rogue. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely do the Mage Hand thing. That's so sick. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, so the second um, sub-race of halflings, uh, the Stout Clan, um, as their name implies, they get an ability store increase to constitution. I liken these halflings more to dwarf. They're more dwarf-like. They're very sturdy. Okay. Very, very hardy little folk. Better um, uh, better constitution and taking hits. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually gain a feature that's very dwarf-like as well called stout resilience, meaning that they have advantage on saving throws against poison and have resistance against poison damage, and that's exactly what dwarves have yep. as well. So, um, so, yeah, if you want to play a, a dwarf-like character who's also dexterous... The stout halfling's the way to go. The sturdy, uh, quick little guy. Yeah. Now, in the in the direct D&D lore, we've actually talked a lot about um, halfling lore outside of the game's core lore itself. Right. Um, the main things about halflings are they are a very peaceful people. They're very hardworking and loyal people. And I think the most uh, common trait that all halflings have is they're very affable and they're very likable. They're very pleasant. They intermingle in other races' communities exceptionally well. That's why halflings can be found almost anywhere, from cities to towns to nomad tribes. Like, halflings can make their home almost anywhere, and they do so very efficiently. And uh, they can make their homes with dwarves. They can make their homes with elves. Everyone seems to like these guys. Yeah, typically accepted or probably ignored in bigger towns and stuff like that. And I think it's pretty valuable to have that ability to be so Uh, well-liked and accepted because you're so small, you don't want to be out there caught alone and eaten by the bigger things. Yeah, and if you're adventuring, it never hurts to be liked. Yeah, yeah. People want to help you or will give you information just because they like you. Charisma is a very uh, uh, underrated skill score a lot of the time it can get you out of some trouble yeah it's uh, uh it's one of those out of combat scores that is really just gonna um help you out with getting information or just like maybe you need a place to stay for the night who knows yeah yeah um that's why halflings actually also make great bards um uh, a ha- um a halfling probably is not going to intimidate but they get that bonus to the score right yes so intimidation is interesting because um Big, scary um, classes like a big, oafish orc fighter 
is kind of going to have a shit intimidation score because his charisma might not be that great. Right. And I find that a lot of people find that frustrating. It's like, well, shouldn't my big burly barbarian be able to intimidate more effectively than, say, my halfling bar with this amazing intimidation score? And the answer is yes. He absolutely should. I would do things like adjust the DC accordingly. Um, But also, here's the thing. Like, if an orc is going to intimidate you and, like, maybe punches a rock to demonstrate it, and uh, that rock, of course, cracks in half because his orc's so strong. Or he rolled a one. He that's going hands. to fucking scare you, regardless of intimidation roll. For me, it's like you don't need to roll intimidation there. That's scary. Like, yeah. there is no doubt in this prisoner or person's mind that you are capable of doing that because you just did it, and that you're willing to do it to them. Like and they're you, gonna believe it. And you are large. They saw how big you exactly. are. Exactly. So I, I I look at the intimidation skill as more along the lines of convincing someone to be scared of you, despite maybe you don't look so imposing. And they're always yeah. I, that, that's what I was gonna say next. Is it's always um it's not just about your role. It's about what you're doing and like how you go about intimidating. Because yeah, a, a small person can just say the right words exactly. and like make a threat against you and exactly. the role will help them believe it hopefully yeah and the threat doesn't have to be immediate either the threat can be like you don't know when you don't know where but one day it's going to happen you see this you're not going to see it coming this knife will be in your armpit <laughs> if you don't do it if you don't do what we want and all, all believe all, me all you have to do is make them believe you know <laughs> and you're just really good at it cuz your charisma is uh is the score that represents your force of personality, your force of will, your ability to make others believe what you say. Almost like imposing your will on others. Exactly. And, yeah. Which is why I like uh, the concept of warlocks, because it's like it's their their force of will that gives them the power to uh, draw magic upon their source. So high um, charisma is good for that kind of thing. Exactly. So it makes sense. That's cool. So you can intimidate with with uh, with anyone. It's just about staying in character and how you go about it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Let's talk more about running a halfling. Um, mm-hmm. The first thing that obviously jo- that we spoke on earlier is uh, the rogue class just jumps out, and yeah, uh, yeah. Th- those complement each other the, uh, mechanically. Do. But they do. I mean, that seems in the box. Let's talk about what yeah. else you can do. It doesn't seem like a fighter is really the right choice, just because you need like high strength. Well, um, not necessarily, because you can run a dexterity fighter. There you go. Yeah, okay, so what can I, you do with a dex dexterity based uh, halfling? What would be cool? Um, oh, you mean for the fighter specifically? Yeah, like I, oh, I would, I would think more cool like, shit. Yeah, like you could do like uh, archery dual, or something. Oh, yeah, you could do archery. That's a good one. Um, that's why uh, halflings also make good rangers. Um, I'm still getting used to the idea of uh, fighters being able to be archers because like that was such a ranger thing in the past. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I like it yeah. though. It's really cool. It's absolutely and it makes total fucking sense because not every archer is going to be a ranger. Um, right. And yeah, you could have a halfling archer fighter, but you could also have a. I immediately thought of a halfling dual wielding either knives or short swords, and just being like a flurry, whirling blade. Oh man, whirlwind little guy! Like, <laughs> like I don't know that. I find that terrifying. Quite like fucking frankly. Yoda, like going for the that knees, bad movie. going for the fucking the Achilles heel. Ooh, that's horrible. <laughs> like, oh, that's a horrible fucked way to go. Just, just your legs. <laughs> just He's hitting me in the legs. I don't know what to do. Um, He's moving through my tiles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Like Jesus. Well, um, um so that would be that would be a lot of fun. So yeah, a fighter cool. deck space fighter is something you can do. Yeah, um yeah. Um dude, well, what about, make um, good bards. 
Yeah, the casting magic. Um, um, oh, yeah, yeah. They make good spellcasters just with that nice little uh, charisma score boost. I mean, that's half your spellcasters right there. Sorcerers use charisma. Paladins use charisma. Warlocks use charisma. Um, yeah, if you watch Lord of the Rings, it kind of like... Uh, hobbits are more like just humans or whatever and yeah. it doesn't seem like they're like in lord of the rings it's like oh this um this people this magic user came into town and we're all like amazed so no one in that town is casting any spells right but also remember in in tolkien's work magic is very uh vague mystique. it's very steeped in mystique it's in it's it's indefinable um in D D, halflings can totally be dope ass magic users um uh with with warlocks you're making pacts with like higher beings and they're giving you their magic sorcerer bloodlines you're born with it so uh um in in the case of halflings like i like the idea of a wild um a wild magic halfling where like i I forget what the wild magic source is but with wild magic it's uh your magic is like inherently chaotic and like oh shit so it's detrimental to use it in some cases it can be um it, it has random effects there's a whole sorcerer's random effects table which we'll get into in the sorcerer episode which okay. i don't want to get into now yeah we'll get into that another time yeah um but yeah they make good sorcerers they make good bards so again that's another charisma spellcasting class um and, and the bard paladins the bard just real quick to touch on it, that's gonna yeah. mainly be buffing the party right yes and no um they're Oh, I know you can summon like big creatures and shit. That'd yeah, be pretty you can, cool. You can summon stuff as a bard, I think. You were um, just telling me about riding a riding a bear as a halfling, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Back in in fourth edition, we had a druid, and I think I told you that she transformed. I actually forgot about about. That's not true. She had a pet bear. Oh shit! Who I named Sir Barrington, and I rode into <laughs> battle, and it was glorious, and it was it was really really fun. Was the bear armored, or was it just a, like a uh, no? It was just it was bear. just a wild bear. But I <laughs> cool. will tell you about my armored bear one day when we do the ranger episode. When I used to have a, a bear companion pet who was heavily armored. That armored um, animals are fucking yeah. cool. Yes, um, it is a cool concept. But yeah, I used to ride her her bear into battle and it was a lot of fun hell yeah yeah here's here's the thing about fifth edition is like any race can be any of the classes effectively which is a nice new thing in this edition because before if you wanted to be that halfling barbarian um although awesome <laughs> like that's such a fucking cool idea i love it um just a, it, you're just not gonna be very good at it though. probably what was that he's like an outcast like nobody wants to yeah chill with this guy this crazy he probably got hit in the head when he was a kid and just <laughs> he's just a little special but he's a fucking maniac in battle <laughs> he craves the meats <laughs> yeah he doesn't use weapons he just uses his fucking teeth he sharpens his teeth <laughs> and he bites the shit out he's in my tile he's biting now he's biting me <laughs> god that's to me that's way scarier than like a uh, axe wielding orc barbarian because it's like how do you deal with that <laughs> you're a freak <laughs> i'm gonna we should character sheet that guy yeah we sure, should let's roll him it. let's let's roll him um not i don't want to go through the, the not right now of rolling him in this episode i'm definitely but, gonna build a halfling barbarian well when we do the barbarian <laughs> episode we'll roll him oh shit yeah there we That'd go be crazy okay cool beans um, um what? So, uh, what else could we? What else could we do with this guy? I mean, again, with fifth edition, there's anything to do. I think, or I think halflings, um, make good druids. I mean, you don't get the wisdom bonus, but um, I, I, I like the idea of of stealthily moving through the woods and being one with nature. Again, halflings do make great rangers because of that dex bonus. Yeah. Um, um, and being stealthy and quiet and moving yeah, around and yeah. uh, halflings. Halflings are one of those races where they're they're. Bonuses that they have access to, constitution, charisma, and uh, dexterity, 
are just variant enough for them to basically be pretty good at anything. Um, not as good as like the human or half elf are at that because human and half elf are very versatile uh, with their bonuses, but uh, halflings are are pretty close. So it's definitely uh, more advantageous to run um, a class that is going to benefit the halfling bonuses, but you can do anything you want. You yeah, know? and that's the thing. Like it's because of their bonuses. Like the bonus to dexterity is good for almost any class. The bonus to constitution that is good for any class. Yeah, that's never going to lead you wrong. Being able to take hits. Yeah, and then uh, and charisma. You're. I mean, that's over half of the spellcasters already, or about half of them. Because what it's bard, sorcerer. Paladin and Warlock. That's four of the spellcasting classes. The only other ones are Wizard, Druid, Cleric, and well, technically the Ranger also casts spells. Right. So yeah, half the spellcasters, you know, and you get all that in in one ability score. That's really badass. And all these mechanics are cool, but you got to remember that you're going to be spending a lot of time not in combat or not yes. not rolling. You're just going to talk to people like normal and role not play. All about fighting. Which is, yeah, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, with that, we're going to call it a game. I want to thank everybody for listening and watching. I always appreciate the support. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment on iTunes. Give us a rating. That would help us out a lot. We'd really appreciate it. Now, uh, do you need some advice? I can't see you because this is a podcast, but it looks like you do. Luckily, I know a guy. His name's Sage DM. Go ahead and take it away, Sage DM. Hey, everybody. Sage DM here with your Sage DM advice for the week. Remember... Just because there's a goal doesn't mean you can't score. Bye. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.